welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? What it is, what it is. Today's a very special day. Today is my birthday. So is it I, really? Uh, it, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, oh, I didn't do much that. today, Happy but... Birthday. Yeah, no, I just, you know, save it for the show, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I didn't do a whole lot today. I didn't go to work because uh, you get your, your birthday off as a paid holiday where I work. Um, That's pretty awesome. At the State Department. Uh, <laughs> take a shot. Take a drink. Uh, but I definitely <laughs> went out last night and, and partied it up. Um, the, there's like a... It, it's barely an open mic because it's mostly like actual professional musicians. So it doesn't suck. It's not like a shitty open mic where it's like, Hey, I'm going to learn how to play guitar in front of a little live band. Like it's actually decent people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the person who runs it is a good friend of mine. And um, of course I was like, you know, you know, play happy birthday song for me. And, and they did, but they actually got like a bunch of people to come up on stage and all like start playing a song. And then it like gradually turned into the birthday song midway through. And I like, I was like not expecting that. So they definitely kind of like up the ante this time. So I was like, all right, fucking, fucking yeah. Happy fucking birthday. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, I, um, you mean birthday uh, by the Beatles, right? Cause that's, that's the only happy birthday song I recognize. Yeah. Or, or the, the eighties, the eighties one hit wonder, you know, like the happy birthday, happy, you know, that one, no, that one. It's a uh, little... I probably do, but I, you would know if you heard it. Yeah. It's I'm probably sure would, yeah. a couple years before you were born, but like early eighties, like 99 left balloons kind of a band. I don't know who did it, but it's somebody out there. Please is it the band that did 99 left balloons no no but it's similar era similar kind of a sound to it but if anyone's listening to this you look it up if you know it or just whatever and post it in the the comments on our soundcloud page if you're listening right now yeah or go listen to 99 left balloons because that song's awesome <laughs> have, have you looked at what that woman looks like now the the no the, she uh, nina left or whatever singer? yeah it's fucking gorgeous like i looked it up one day like about a year ago Phil. Like, oh my oh my god she's fucking talk about taking care of yourself huh. well, yeah, yeah i'll check it out there um yeah so uh it's been an interesting week um it has you know not a ton's happened news wise but uh there's been a lot of uh spats over bullshit uh which we're, we'll we'll definitely get into uh obviously Bernie's campaign uh, is already in full swing. You know, he had his uh, rally in Brooklyn, uh, which I, I believe we talked about last week. That was that was last week, right? Or that happened since we recorded. Oh, yeah. No, that happened since we um, or no, that was before. That was before. OK, yeah. But, then, but since then, he's had. Well, we had the one in Brooklyn that was. But then he had the one in Chicago oh, the night Saturday. after. Saturday. That was Saturday because it was after we did our to the show. So yeah, so the oh, Brooklyn okay, was yeah, Saturday, sorry. and then Chicago on Tuesday, and then tonight in uh, Iowa. Um, and yeah, it, it's been amazing to see, you know, his instant popularity has not. They were like, "Well, is Bernie still going to have all the things?" And now you got Beto, and now you got Kamala, and it's like, "Are you fucking kidding me? You fucking idiots!" You know, just trying to stifle him any way they can. And of course, you know, biggest, you know, has fundraised what four times more than kamala harris um uh the the people that turned it was like what twelve thousand, thirteen thousand people turned out in brooklyn uh outdoors <laughs> and on a horrible fucking day by the way you know in on the, in the northeast it was really uh snowy and slushy all day like thirteen thousand people 
stood in really shit weather just to see him like give his first you know stump speech of the campaign yeah. so that's yeah really I, and then um my favorite thing i read this week was from the intercept that said that uh among black primary voters bernie is beating kamala harris in the polls two to one but that can't be comrade, because it's Bernie has a black problem. Like the black people just don't like Bernie. I don't, I don't understand and where they're it, getting these fake numbers from, but right. Right. You know, it, it's just the, the, like the liberal races and the idea that, well, if she's black, then automatically black voters will like her. It's like, do you understand that amongst the African-Americans, there is a uh, intense mistrust of police, especially black <laughs> police. <laughs> like do they get well, that and, and, so, and it's just so racist of, of a premise to begin with it's like oh well here here here's one of you here we're good well, let's just get this black to represent you and then you'll automatically follow that it's like no black people fucking pay attention because they've been fucked over by white politicians and black politicians for like the last 50 years and they're like no we're gonna look into these people's records we're gonna support yeah. the person that well, most and that's uh, what they were saying you know, on on msnbc or I'll cnn or whatever fucking network they were like well actually kamala's being googled more than bernie it's like yeah because nobody <laughs> knows her they want to learn more about her fucking and everything they learn is fucking horrible <laughs> like right God. yeah it, and so it, it's amazing because you see it's like you can tell which um you know how much astroturfing still is going on because sometimes the hill will put out an article and there's not a single comment defending hillary and then other times the hill or political will put out an article about hillary or whoever kamala and it's like 99 percent comments in, in support of hillary or kamala and it's like you there's no way that there is so organically there is just complete silence from one article to the next, they they pick the ones they want to direct their trolls to, or their Sally Albright mm-hmm. or Brock Bottas. The ones they to. think they're going to be take off more, yeah. of that, or and they're going to land more. If it's not being targeted with all these fake accounts, then it's like dead silence. So <laughs> it's like, where all where's all the organic support? It's behind Bernie. We, by the way, we have official confirmation that David Brock is back on his bullshit and back, you know, do, working the smear machine because a bunch of reporters have said that he's reached out to them unprompted to to give negative quotes about Bernie, uh, which, you know, he said he was overdoing. It's like he clearly is working for Kamala or Klobuchar or somebody, somebody, somebody who's stupid enough to pay him to, you know, to waste to, to light five million dollars on fire for him to do his bullshit propaganda. <laughs> right. No, hopefully yeah, it was and, Kamala and she's wasting her money. And we'll he say. was the just. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm right about this, but he was the guy that coined the term about uh, Anita Hill that she was a little bit a nutty little nutty and a little, and a little slutty. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah that so, was him. That's how he got his political career, his start in politics. Yeah. I, I guarantee, just irony, irony demands that he's working for Kamala Harris now. I, I agree. Yeah, totally. And, and he also, uh, <laughs> after that, he he uh, was, uh, I, I think he was on like Ken Starr's team in the, in the you know, the Clinton impeachment hearings. And then he eventually went on to work for right. the Clinton. So there's, there's just, there's just no fucking consequences in politics or any kind of, it's just whoever will be the biggest fucking mercenary. I mean, it's just. Oh yeah, yeah. No, and that's the thing is, is you're it's you're completely trusted if you're a Republican that becomes you know like a neoliberal Democrat operative. You can totally flip back and forth, and there's no uh, there's no bad blood there, right? Whereas you look at the people mm-hmm. that were on Clinton's campaign that to this day despise everyone that worked for Bernie. You know, it's like you would never. There's no back and forth out between those two teams, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
and, and you know, speaking of people that are they're clearly uh, not being paid by anybody and totally have or- organic opinions that they express. Uh, Zerlina Maxwell uh, is an MSNBC <laughs> contributor, I guess. I don't know what the fuck. Analysis, an analysis, an analyst. Anal- yeah, analyst. Now, she's not analyzing yeah, MSNBC. She just analyzes various things for MSNBC. Well, she, so, so she's somebody I've never heard of until recently, and it's clear that she sees her lane and is like, "Oh, wow, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be the you fill in the blank here, you know, the the Jennifer Palmieri of 2020." Like she's like, "All right, I'm going to I'm going to angle for a job with Kamala or whoever you know ends up winning, and I'm just going to repeat bullshit." completely baseless uh smears and outright falsehoods about bernie sanders because it's really profitable to do so so right you know, she, and, and, and i hadn't heard of her either i looked her up and like she has one hundred and fifty-five thousand followers on fucking twitter like how many of those are real people for one but you mm-hmm. know and, and then again like her, her title is msnbc analyst Right. Well, that doesn't tell me anything. Like, like what fucking which, talking head. What What are your qualifications for for giving yeah. your opinion? So on you television? look her up, and this is this is why I fucking hate the word progressive. And I'm glad that we switched it up to actually say socialist, which means something to me. Oh, I yes. I you you look at her, her 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 accolades. Uh, Maxwell worked as a field organizer for 2008 Obama presidential campaign, uh, and was the director of progressive media for the 2016 Hillary Clinton campaign. She is now director of progressive programming for Sirius XM. Like, just fuck off. That word doesn't mean a damn thing anymore, if it ever did. Yeah, no, and I'm sure that's, that's no. Yeah, it's no coincidence that there are no actual progressives on Sirius XM Progress anymore. And <laughs> TYT isn't even on Sirius XM Progress. They were for a while, and then. They ended their their like contract with them or whatever oh, like good. recently. So I'm sure that that was totally uh, unrelated though, because she's just you know the scum of the earth. This person, but so which so the reason we're, we're we're talking about her is because Bernie had his first rally in Brooklyn, uh, as we mentioned, uh, and it was fucking great. Yeah, I mean anyone who, anyone who watched it <laughs> would just be like, "That's it. He's the front runner. He's the fucking president now." So, I mean, and it wasn't just him. I mean, all of his openers, like Sean King, you know, who we've criticized on the podcast before for some stuff that he's done, had a f- just tremendous, tremendous speech just talking about. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like uh, burning uh, civil rights record. And I, exactly. I tweeted it out. I was like, look, like I've had some mixed views on Sean before. He's been a grifter. But like this, that his speech was mandatory viewing. Um, very mm-hmm. good writer. Like just a really good writer at writing his own speech, assuming he wrote it his own speech, but still just yeah, was like, so. fuck dude, you can kind of redeemed yourself. So I'm glad you're not <laughs> on the other fucking assholes team. Yeah. And then, and then of course, um, Nina Turner comes out and fucking lights the place on fire as she always does. Uh, in her speeches it was great. Uh, Jane, I think gave a great speech. And so all leading up to Bernie, right? So, uh, you know, Bernie has made an effort because he took, you know, criticisms from last election, some of them in bad faith, but some of them, you know, generally like, hey, you don't surround yourself with so many old white guys like Jeff Weaver and yada yada, which is why he's not his campaign manager anymore. Um, and he and he made sure that he focused on things that people perceived that he didn't focus enough on last go around, especially his record on uh, on on race and on, uh, you know, African-American rights, things like that. And it's like he's, you know, it's just amazing to me how he gets smeared on this because 
when you really look into his right, it's not just like, oh, well, I, he got arrested one time at a protest. Like, no, he was organizing a group that the, that group that got arrested that was systematically sending. They were doing like sting operations on the housing authority at, at the University right. of Chicago where they would send uh, a, a black family into like rent a place or a black student in a rent a place. And they'd be like, oh, sorry, we're full up. And then they would he would go in or another white kid would go in and they would rent him the room. And it's like he's been fighting for this shit since it was super uh, un, un, you know, it, it was it was an untenable position to have, especially for a white guy back then, because he's had this uh, it, and it was never for like, oh, like one day I'm going to be a politician. No, he just knew it was the fucking wrong thing to do to discriminate uh, against black people. And he took a stand sure. and he. Well, I you mean, know, student he, organizing, there's there's so many creative minds that are just like, why? They're, they're so young that they're like, why wouldn't we do this? You know, there's there's none of this like, well, that's just not the way we do things out here. When you're a student uh-huh. activist, when you're a young actress, you're like, of course you would do this. Why the fuck wouldn't you do this? You just go you go wherever you need to go and do whatever you need to do to fucking shut shit down. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the, I mean, the problem is, you know, it, I, I went and saw Bernie in person in 2016 it's basically the exact same stump speech so it is, yeah. the, the problem with with sort of trying to uh, please people that are making criticisms in bad faith is that as soon as you try to appease them they just move the goalpost right they, sure. they pull the football out from under you under charlie brown right so and, and we saw that because it's, it's, even when he uh, talked about race and gender more you have someone like uh, zelena maxwell completely fucking lie on msnbc uh, and get called out for it so blatantly that she deleted her fucking tweet and uh, but still hasn't apologized to Senator Sanders. No. And and she she almost doubled down on it. Like so she tweeted out um, uh, what 20, uh, you know, Bernie didn't even mention race until 23 minutes into his speech, you know, typical or something like that. And people were like, that's just bullshit. Like, number one, all of his speakers beforehand that he p- selected talked about. Uh, is, you know, about how his programs are going to help lift up the African-American community along with every other poor uh, and middle class, you know, community in this country. And then he mentions it like somebody, I think Sean King actually tweeted at her like, hey, uh, that's not true. Here's here's a video clip of him like two minutes into the thing talking about, uh, you know, the the uh, how dangerous racism is. And like, just it's just bullshit. She just fucking made it up. And then she was like, oh, well, OK, I guess I, I you know, a bunch of people are telling me I missed it. But then, uh, you know, it's a really loaded uh, she I, I and I think she deleted this, too. But she accused Sean King of like to uh, took to, to call, basically call her uh, a um a liar like a woman of color liar is a very loaded thing to say and it's she tried to like make it uh, like uh, she just is a fucking constant victim she's trying oh here we go here we go i have it right here so somebody else tweeted at her zerlina maxwell falsely accused bernie of not mentioning race until 23 minutes into his speech she's acknowledged that she was wrong uh to say that but whether it was technically 18 minutes or three minutes obfuscates a real issue the media's preference for pandering over policy so then she responded, falsely accused. What the fuck is wrong with you people? This isn't a rape allegation, Brian. This is la- this language is loaded and horrible, and you should be ashamed of yourself. I'm a survivor, and I acknowledge my error yesterday. My point about Bernie's blind spot still stands. So she makes herself a victim because somebody called her out for lying, and she acts like they made they they 
you know, like she she has to bring rape into it for like literally no reason. What's oh, it's so fucking you know disgusting. What like, did, you, did you ever see that Todd Salon's film with Philip Seymour Hoffman? where he's like the guy that does prank calls where he's like, are your panties wet? And he keeps calling this woman in the building that got famous from writing a book about being the victim of rape, but actually she never was and she made it up. But now that she's famous about it, she has to like, she's having trouble lying about it to, to make a second book. Right. And so she's trying to get him to come over to like actually rape her. And then like when he finally gets the nerve up, he loses, he like can't do it because <laughs> he's, he's been making these prank calls wanting to do it and then he can't do it. And she's like desperate to continue to lie. So she's like, and she can't get a guy to rape her in the, it's, it's Todd Salon. So it's like, it's really fucked up, dark, dark. dark I was going to say, this movie sounds pretty fucked up, but no, no I've never it's heard of it. it's very fucked up, dark comedy, but it's, it's again, it, like when somebody, when their whole fucking career is based on this idea of like being a victim, you know, like if you're really a fucking victim, like it's not a thing you want to talk about and go on a lecture fucking tour about. Honestly, when you hear somebody that's making it that much of a performative thing, you're like, and then they're also proving they're a liar in other ways. Like, I just, well, no, she's just she's she's she's. I can't help but uh, question you know, that. Yeah, pissed off that she's that she got caught lying, and now she's trying to make herself the victim to right. obfuscate from the fact that she's a fucking paid shill. Like, we know you're a paid shill. Don't pre- either, you're either paid by somebody or trying to get paid by somebody. Like, don't fucking pretend you're not. So then, the, then yesterday she goes on MSNBC talking about uh, the crime bill, and she literally says the 1994 crime bill that Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden wrote, uh, or Bernie Sanders voted for, Joe Biden wrote. She literally said it like that and corrected herself in like super quick Ben Shapiro speak. But the whole point <laughs> yeah. was the associate mumble, mumble Bernie correction. Sanders. Yeah. associate Bernie Sanders with the crime bill, which he literally had nothing to do with. And it's one of the biggest knocks against Joe Biden uh, that exists. And now Bernie Sanders did vote for the crime bill eventually with an addendum saying, Hey, I don't like most of the stuff in this, but I'm going to vote for it because you uh, people have tethered the violence against women act into it. And I think that's super important that we pass this, but I have uh, extreme concerns with the, uh, mass incarceration elements of this bill and I want them removed like he you know tried to pass amendments to that effect but ultimately he decided that it would that the violence against women act which was tethered to that bill needed to get passed which is why he says even at the time in the in you know in 94 he said that, that that's why he voted for it like it well, you know <laughs> when he had right. no uh, aspirations of running for president that's how so they get like every bill bullshit. to pass because they throw in some stuff that you know like every every bill for more war money is also attached to funding for the, the for the VA. Right. So Bernie's going to vote for that. Right. And he'll, that, that's although how he hasn't voted for any of the war funding luck because he's actually, you know, understands that. Well, right. That's the but trick, it, that, that's point. everyone know. Everyone in Washington knows like, that's how you get things passed is you include yeah, things that force people that wouldn't otherwise to vote for it, to vote for it. Now everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully people yeah. that listen to the show know that. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's the same thing with like this bullshit, you know, anti-Semitism bill to bully Ilhan. Let's save that. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. but it, it, it still ties into it. It's like she voted for it herself because they finally people pitched a fit. But anyway, it we'll get to that. Yeah. But so, um, yeah, she, she's just a total disgusting propagandist and uh, bullshitter of the highest order. And, you know, I meant to say earlier when, you know, Bernie talked about something that not a lot of people knew about because like I, you know I, i'd kind of heard stories about it but he's he's very modest about his his history and his fa- you know his family's history and things like that but in the, it, the 
you know, his aides finally convinced him like, Hey, Bernie, talk more about your personal story and your personal struggle because it's very relatable. Um, and he mentions in his, in his stump speech now and his, and especially in his first stump speech, how, uh, his family came here from Poland, you know, without a dollar in their pocket because they were fleeing, uh, poverty and violence. Now, most of his family that stayed in Poland were wiped out by the Nazis and the Holocaust. So, you know, if anybody understands the, uh, urgency of standing up to fascism and standing up to intolerance, it's Bernie. I mean, he, you know, that's, that's the reason he has always had a strong, um, sense of justice, you know, from a young age, because, it's not just like a saying to him or it's not just like a vogue thing. Like he, 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 his family literally escaped, uh, you know, the, the worst fascism, you know, the world's ever known. Well, some of them did, but yeah, I mean, if, if that was any other politician, it's all you would hear them talk about day in and day out. And and it took, yeah, it took four years for us to really hear about this. And, you know, we, obviously we all know about that shit. We all know about is the, you know, she did average Joe, like, you know, Right. But he's too, you know, I, I think it is coming from an honest place of humility that he doesn't want to center that, even though it is his own experience and make it about you know, the whole thing. I know, I know he doesn't want everyone to think of him as a, a college activist either, even though that like we think that's fucking great you know, political currency. Um, but I think also just his own family history is honestly painful for him to dwell on. I mean, if you sure. knew that a bunch of your family members were wiped out in the Holocaust and, you know, you wouldn't want to talk about that necessarily, especially not on a campaign trail, you know, yeah. but I think I especially think when you're running start- against a guy who, uh, who who's cool with people, you know, who said shit like the Jews will not replace us, you know, right, marching and drive a fucking Dodge muscle car into a crowd of people and says, you know, some of yeah. them are, are good. Um, but yeah, I mean, you it's. I, like I always say that, you know, a great protagonist has their stated reason for not doing a thing or doing a thing. And also like their deep down personal reason that they may or may not even be aware of for doing a thing or not doing a thing. And I think that that's kind of like his deeper underlying thing is that he doesn't he's not comfortable talking about it and dwelling on it on a personal level, not just a political mm-hmm. one. Sure. And he's actually always been not just on that issue, but he he he's very much like. uh modest to a to a fault almost when it comes to his life like he really doesn't want to highlight like his aides really had to talk him into talking about the racial uh justice element of his upbringing and of his of his youth like he really didn't want to like do that because he's like ah they'll think it's pandering they'll say it's i'm trying to pander to the black vote which i didn't do great with in the south last go around you know for reasons i think were kind of beyond his control but that you know we've talked about that before but um uh, you know, it, it's I. I think that that's an admirable quality, but I, I'm glad people have talked him out of that because it's really important to highlight the fact that he has this record and that this is something that's not just in vogue for him. It's shit that he's fought for his entire adult life, and you know, everyone's like, oh well, you know, the the the, the new talking point in the establishment media is like, oh well, you know, Bernie. Uh, he, and this is, of course, from the same people that said he was a radical lunatic last time. Oh, well, Bernie's ideas are mainstream now, so he doesn't even need to run. You know, how's he going to distinguish himself from the rest of the pack, <laughs> oh, which man. is hilarious. It's like these people have, have come to these policy positions fucking 10 minutes ago because Bernie Sanders, the most popular politician in America, has made all these policies wildly well-known and popular. 
like it, he's been fighting for this shit before I was born. Like that's, I, you know, I, I know that he fucking means it when he says he wants to get single payer healthcare. Cause he could find a video of him on from C-SPAN in 1985 talking about how absurd it is that we're the only country, you know, modern country in, in, in the world that doesn't have single payer healthcare. Well, like he didn't just come to it. Yesterday. They're counting on the people who are, influenced by those talking points that you know well there's all these other people that think the same thing so why do we need him they're counting on those people being highly susceptible to manipulation from corporate media by Rachel Maddow's out there um you know by the Chris Hayes's out there right and those people have no memory of their own right they you can change Mm -hmm. their mind in 10 minutes on uh, with corporate media the thing is the people who are going to be knocking on the doors, right. For burning, mm-hmm. um, they don't get their meat. They don't get their news from, from MSNBC. Right. They may not have lived through the, the, you know, well, the seventies or eighties or even the nineties <laughs> politically, but they can look these things up. It's like, Oh, well I've lived with the internet my whole life. So if I want to know who supported what policy, what time I just fucking look it up online. Whereas the boomers don't do that. They just wait for, you know, <laughs> whoever, the, whatever talking had to tell them what to think for the last five, you know, whatever the history that is of the last five years, that's where they get it from. So it's a very, you've got boomers who definitely turn out to vote, but they're getting their information very passively. They're not intellectually curious enough, most of them, to go and challenge it and go, well, I don't know if that's right. I'm going to go look for it. But I guarantee the people that are going to be young, millennial, whoever going out and actually working the phones and knocking on doors for, for candidates are going to fucking be the kind of people to, to question things and go, well, do I want to support the person who uh, just found religion 10 minutes ago or the guy who's been fighting for it for 50 years? Well, and you know, that's the reason why I'm, and I'm going to make the prediction right now. Bernie is absolutely going to win this primary and I don't even think it's going to be close by the end. Um, and the reason that is, is because what you just said is true. And I think that the, especially the 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 entrenched power at the top of the establishment democratic party the nancy pelosi chuck schumer diane feinstein's of the world it i think we overestimate their cunning uh in a lot of ways because like they they talked to diane feinstein recently like when she had her whole kerfuffle where she you know told a bunch of kids to fuck off uh you know in her office because they were saying hey maybe like don't kill the planet um some reporter like like offhanded like when they're walking through the halls asked her about it and she was like uh, asked her about the fact that she was like the number one trending topic on twitter and she had no idea what he was talking about like she didn't know that she was like be the the number one thing being discussed no, online no, no. and she didn't even, even really that. understand was, the context it wasn't or even something that. like it, that right well she didn't understand that people were filming her with their cell phone Oh yes, that's what it was. I couldn't remember what it was. Right, it was, no, she it's so right. To she, me, yeah. she didn't. She was like, "Well, I didn't know that if you take a video on your cell phone, that, that you can just put that on the internet and make that suddenly a, a world, a globally known thing." <laughs> I'm like, "How the fuck?" And that's that's it's a great point you're making because it's like it's you realize how inept they are. That the only thing that's given them power is the money. Once you take the money out of the equation, once you have Bernie Sanders, you know, fundraising four times more than the closest person behind him. Um, once, once you have that huge, you know, a million people sign up to volunteer and knock on doors, that's your ground game. You've got the, you've got the funds, uh, you know, and you've got the, the smart, smartest people in the room. Um, what does Pelosi have? What does Kamala have? What does Biden have? Nothing. 
Well, that's why when you see these 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 fucking talking head like you know lanyard uh, like morons on on MSNBC talk about like the Democratic power rankings, and they'll be like, oh well, you know, Amy Klobuchar is an interesting candidate. Nobody on the fucking planet thinks Amy Klobuchar is an interesting candidate, except for people that uh, are contributors to like MSNBC and CNN. Like nobody on the fucking planet looks at Amy Klobuchar's fucking just just milquetoast bullshit centrist help nobody policies and her you know maniacal uh treatment of her staff and I'm, say hey I'm that's sure somebody i want to <laughs> klobuchar has constituency it's it's people who think that feminism is being a a lady boss that is verbally abusive to her underlings <laughs> uh and and calls the cops on people for um barbecuing while black that is her constituency, yeah. but also think that they're you know racially uh, sensitive and 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 liberal. So that's like that that little five percent right. sliver of America is probably her constituency. But like Listen, the fact that they think she's a viable yoga structure is, is mixed race, so I can't be racist. Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> uh yeah my yoga instructor that i cheated on my husband with no um so but but it's hilarious because they what they do is they look at bernie sanders right and bernie was uh, by national standards a nobody when he entered the the race for president in in 2015 you know people knew activists knew who he was but like you ask average joe on the street who absolutely knew who hillary clinton was they couldn't tell you who the fuck bernie sanders was um and they look at him and they see that he closed a 60 point lead and that he's this frumpy guy and he doesn't have anything particularly remarkable about him you know physically he's not like a dynamic look at like and they're like oh okay well clearly we can do it too we just need to find somebody who can inspire people that way but they're so fucking dumb and insular and in a bubble that they don't know that it's because he was just literally the only person talking about these common sense policies that everyone in the fucking country wants and has wanted for years. They think that they can manufacture that again with any of these candidates. That's why all these candidates have like, that's why you're going to see 30 people in this fucking race because they all think that they're going to be Bernie Sanders. And it's like, you don't, if you fundamentally misunderstand the, the insurgency of the Bernie campaign last time around at, you know, at your own peril. And it's going to be super obvious after a couple yeah. rounds of voting, it's going to be hilarious, but I, let them I all waste wait. their fucking money. I can't wait. And, and like we were talking about the last time Jules was on and Peter was on, I was, I hadn't even thought about it in this terms, but you know, collectively we kind of were like, Holy shit. If they, they moved up California to be during the first super Tuesday to, screw over Bernie and it's going to backfire because it's not going to be just Bernie and Kamala. It's going to be Kamala versus everybody else. Right. Mm-hmm. And oh, then, they fucked up big yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, cause they, I think they initially thought they were going to anoint Kamala or somebody else like before, way before that it gets to that point. But now California is going to happen on super Tuesday, the first super Tuesday, you know, arguably the most significant one, which is I think the second or third week of primaries and uh, nobody's going to have the name recognition that Bernie has, and nobody's going to have this. I mean, I, I would be sh- outside of Joe Biden, who, when I think when he enters the race, is going to tank immediately in the polls. So that's another prediction you can take to the bank. Right now, he's leading all the polls. Within a week of him actually officially announcing, he's going to be below Bernie because all the hit pieces that are going to come out about him and all the video evidence people have. I mean, just today, people put 
uh, people found this video of him talking about the crime bill. And he's, I mean, it makes Hillary's super predators comment look like something Bernie would say in comparison. Like it's, it's horrendous. The shit he says about, I don't care what's causing this, the, the, the ills of society. I don't care. It's, it's fucking horrendous. So like, there's so many clips of him being yeah. just a right wing maniac. The shit they used to say on the house floor before social media existed is just jaw dropping. Yeah, no, it's unbelievable. It, like no one's ever going to, I mean, the only people going to watch this are people that are watching C-SPAN in 1996. I'm okay. Right. <laughs> it's like, no, you don't know, understand what's going to happen later on. Like it's, we're all going to look at this shit forever. Joe Biden. Um, yeah. And when you watch it, you can tell he's not just like putting on a political, like he's, he's a fucking maniac. Like he, Joe Biden is a Republican. Like, I don't understand how he's well, how that's he's why Obama picked him. Kind of a, he he yeah. was running against fucking McCain. He's like, who's the who's the most like McCain fucking old white dude I can get to run with me? Um, you know, I mean, I think the only thing Joe good Joe Biden's done is fucking advocate for public transit and everything else. Bottom has been terrible. I didn't know he did that. That's interesting. Well, he was. I wonder he, why he was famous for always taking transit back and forth from his from his fucking district uh, to D.C. But so it affected him personally. That was the only reason. He exactly. Exactly. Typical um, <laughs> Republican. Know, it's hilarious because when Obama was president, the Onion would every week write a new fucking joke mocking what a sleazy fucking seventies, you know, Firebird washing shirtless in the <laughs> fucking White House driveway guy was. And everyone knew he was just like a, you know, full of gaffes and just said awful shit all the time. And it's like, oh, you crazy old racist Uncle Joe. And now everyone's like, he's their great white hope to stop the socialist. Right. And Mm -hmm. of course, as soon as he runs, then the argument that Bernie's too old is suddenly thrown out the window, which is like the Mm -hmm. only thing they can really throw at Bernie anymore. You know, or too white or too male. Like they can't do any of that anymore. Right. Right. Exactly. So, and, You've got these people that are dishonest actors like uh, Zalim, whatever the, I already forgot her name. Maxwell. <laughs> Maxwell. Um, who will who will try to make these arguments and just get pummeled online for them to the point where she has to delete her shit and shame. Uh, you know, still doesn't issue an apology, but still, like, you, you got to figure someone with 155,000 Twitter followers doesn't check all the notifications, but at some level there's a tipping point where they're getting ratioed so hard that there's no amount of, of money that is worth debasing themselves that way. You know, like you just get it, you're getting fucking creamed online. You're going to be like, all right, I, I, I can't do that anymore. I have to like take a step back from how far I push my lies. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and a lot has been made about like, like, you know, a lot of the weaponized identity politics that we've talked about, you know, about how Bernie's an old white man, but I think that's a really, and I'm and I genuinely believe this, and I'm not like one who's like, oh well, I think we need a this person. Like, look, sure, I want more representation, absolutely, in Congress. But I first and foremost want them to have the right policies that help those marginalized groups. But the fact that Bernie Sanders would be the first ever Jewish president is not like a small thing, and I think people constantly ignore that because they want to make it out like, oh well, he's just an, another old white guy. Like, no, he'd be the first Jewish president. He'd be the first president whose uh parents fled the holocaust news family was you know wiped out in the hot like it's it, uh, at a time where you have anti-semitism actual anti-semitism and we'll talk about fake anti-semitism later uh and and you know the, the like rise of fucking neo-nazis like that would be uh 
a hell of a thing to uh, to make at like a statement as a country of like hey you know this is the fucking guy and on top of that you would also be one of the first kind of openly atheist presidents which i appreciate well i, mean, uh, I don't know if, i don't know if you've ever heard him talk about religion but he's just like yeah well you know i'm, I'm, I'm a cultural jew i, I don't really Oh yeah, no, I really go I, to synagogue. I, I mean, if you want to raise, uh, if you want to make sure, oh Thomas Jefferson grows probably. up to be an atheist, raise them either Jewish or Catholic, because they, uh-huh, you're uh-huh. gonna, you're you know, not not to compare the two religions, because like I think the flaws of uh, Catholicism are vast, more vastly worse than any quibble, Agreed. any uh, uh, kvetch I might have with Judaism, uh, <laughs> term, but um, yeah, no, it's it. You know, it's and this this gets down to what we're, we're about to talk to or talk about. You know, here is is that um, th- these claims of anti-Semitism are all based in the idea that if you have any problem with a far right government running Israel, uh, very much like uh, you know apartheid South Africa or some elements of Nazi Germany. Uh, that you are somehow anti-Semitic, and they've been trying to tie this idea of having special rights to ignore the UN, ignore the Geneva Convention, and shoot women and children and medics um, who are peacefully protesting. If you have a problem with that, that you in fact hate Jewish people, right? So the the conflation yep. there is is um, horrifying. But that's where we've been this week, and it's just it's like. How the fuck? I mean, I know that we, I know how we got here because no one's really questioned it in Washington before, but it's, it's still a bit, you know, they they grow up so fast. I mean, you know, Israel was basically uh, an extension, basically a U.S. territory. It was created as like, you know, a beachhead for us in the Middle East. You know, they, they didn't frame it that way, but that's obviously why we, uh, you know, created it, you know, through the UN. And um, it's really just, the, the the bad faith smears this week we talked a little bit last week about the Ilan omar stuff because it was just happening at the time but i mean this whole week uh it, shit went into overdrive because you know there was just everyone on the fucking planet and then she tweeted something else where somebody uh where she basically said that she doesn't feel that she should have to swear an allegiance to a foreign country to serve on the house foreign affairs committee and again a whole nother round of of people bad faith acting like that was an anti-semitic uh sentiment and i i really just think it's preposterous that even even like the left in this country or you know not everyone on the left but like a good percentage of the left in this country is like well we got to be careful not to trade in anti-semitic tropes like no we could say true things and if they happen to be things that people have used before to perpetuate anti-semitism that doesn't mean we're, we have to reframe or rephrase what we're saying. Like, there's nothing racist or anti-Semitic about saying, hey, if you require me to pledge allegiance to another government, uh, that's fucking stupid. And I'm not going to do that. Like, that's, you know, the, everyone's like, oh, well, that's like an anti-Semitic trope. Like, bullshit. Yeah, I'm sure it was. But that's not the way I meant it. And I meant, and when you say, hey, you need to, pl-, and there's very good evidence and a lot of people uh suspect now because she's alluded to it that uh nancy pelosi uh or somebody on that or elliot engel who runs the house foreign affairs committee asked ilhan omar to pledge support to israel to be on the foreign affairs committee 
that's fucking bullshit. Like, no, that's that's completely anti-American. I mean, like, that's it, that's preposterous. It, it's hard to really put it in simpler terms than this, but I'm going to try to. Um, so the the trope that they're claiming was anti-Semitic is that um, you know back in Nazi Germany, Jews were accused of being disloyal, that they had a loyalty to another country. But that's exactly what people are trying to force Ilhan Omar to do is swear an allegiance yeah, yeah. to a foreign country. So how fucking insane is that? Is that if she rejects doing the thing that Jews were accused of doing back in Nazi Germany, that she's called anti-Semitic for it. Like what, what the fuck is they talking about? She's literally doing the opposite of the thing that people were accused of doing to be called disloyal and treasonous. Like the, it, <laughs> you can't make it any simpler than tremendous. that. There, and there's a tremendous amount of white supremacy behind this whole critique. Like there's such a, there's such a, a a really gross undercurrent of like, hey, brown girl in the fucking hijab, what do you think you're doing? You know, we gave you this position. Shut the fuck up. Stop stop trying to change things. Like, you're just our token. You're just there. No, they wanted her committee. to be fucking Barack Obama. They thought she was going to fucking play ball with their whole war, you know, pro-Israel fucking bullshit. And turns out that's not the case. <laughs> Yeah, it turns not- out the, the, the girl who survived a fucking war, uh, you know, is, was a Somalian refugee from a country that we're bombing the shit out of right now, by the way, um, it doesn't fucking suffer fools and doesn't feel the need to to to, you know, capitulate to the to the foreign policy establishment, to the military industrial complex, to the Israel lobby. Like she's like, fuck off. Like, no, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to get Elliot Angle or uh, Elliot Abrams in front of me and call him a piece of shit war criminal like that's and and it's kind of amazing the courage that she has as somebody that's under so much attacks and you know so many attacks now we see that like in West Virginia that they they had that fucking incredibly disgusting racist poster did you you heard oh, about yeah, that right yeah, where yeah. well the, that was in the West Virginia state house where somebody said well uh you know 911 never forget it was like a meme clearly clearly if we allowed her to be in our government we've forgotten 9-11 like just what what insane fucking lunatic thought that let alone made a poster of it yeah um but i was and by the way a democrat got censured for that because he he was so mad that he kicked the door in of the republican like conference room and accidentally no i yeah i heard it came to fisticuffs and somebody got fucking punched so i didn't hear about the door kicking but yeah i I, i'm just i was happy i don't know who did that who like came that guy's awesome whoever came to blows over that bullshit you know good for you guy um you know, maybe maybe it was. <laughs> I mean, we know it's not Ojeda. It wasn't Ojeda. Was it Ojeda? He, he, he was. <laughs> it was Ojeda in disguise. Yeah. Um, no, he he talked about it though, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that guy's a great great guy, oh, great oh, progressive." You know, great. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's um, but what no, you need. Is you need people to stand up and actually defend somebody who's willing to take risks. I don't know if you saw the video of of Ilhan talking to like a. It looked like almost like a cafe and she's talking to supporters, you know, very, yeah, very calmly saw saying, you know, look, I, I said what I said. I believe what I said. I know you're worried about me, but I do not want any of you to lose sleep over this. Right. And you can hear people like you saying, like, we can't help it. We like literally like concerned people mm-hmm. are saying, like, we can't help worry about you. Because um, everyone on the fucking planet is coming after her. Like, I've never seen such a torrent of 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 hate from everybody the fucking obviously the right wingers and the republicans but the establishment democrats the fucking media they're all just 
piling on to this woman for saying just the most innocuous thing about like, hey, you know, the fucking uh, APAC uh, lobbying group is uh, really uh, powerful and they spend way too much money to influence uh, the politics in Washington. Right. Like, like Pelosi and Chuck Schumer innocuous. prove how fucking true she that was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How, how fucking bought they are by APAC. Like right. they prove it. it you know, well, with their actions. And the biggest problem, I think the, the schism, schism here and the thing that upsets people like us is, pardon me, is is when you see people like Chelsea Clinton or Meghan McCain say the shit that they say, you know, when when they say, well, the anti-Semitism on the left is just as bad as anti-Semitism on the right. And it's like criticizing Netanyahu and death squads snipers shooting children medics to compare criticism of, of a, a kind of massacre like that to somebody walking into a synagogue and shooting and murdering 11 Jewish people to compare mm. those two things is so dishonest and disgusting to, to, to compare speaking out for human rights to actual murderous Nazis. Right. Like they, yeah. they clearly do not care about real anti-Semitism if they're willing to conflate those two things. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think a lot of the, another reason people are worried about it is because like she was one of the people on that fucking Coast Guard right wing lunatic uh, terror wannabe terrorists uh, yep. like kill list. Like, you know, <laughs> we all technically were because he wanted to kill everyone on the planet. But right. but yeah. they were specific, specifically targeted. Um, and, and, that, and, and that's like, a guy who who hates Jews as much as he hates Muslims. He'll kill any of them, yeah. right? And who so, had a fucking, <laughs> you know, arsenal of weapons. Because and and like everyone in this country, and you know, the fucking president is constantly just talking about how disgusting Ilan Omar is and all this. Shit. He he knows exactly what he's fucking doing. He's telling these fucking <laughs> lunatics, like, hey, do something about these people. Like he is, it, it, yeah, you no, know, he, he's he's greenlighting it. Right. Because he says the most no, he really anti-Semitic is. shit in the world when after a Nazi killed, tried to kill a whole crowd of people, only killed one person with his fucking Dodge, uh, says, I think some of them are good people. Some of them are good people. Right. And then says what Ilhan said about Israel is the disgusting anti-Semitic thing that there. You remember the guy in Miami that had the van that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the bomber, the fucking, MAGA bomber. Yeah. He mailed like eight, nine bombs in the mail like. Some fucking lunatic like that is exactly who's going to hear Trump say that about Ilhan Omar and is going to go, well, there's my motivation. I'm going to go do it. Yep. Uh, fucking, well, he knows the, the it people too. that listen to Ben Shapiro are going to go, well, there we go. Ben Shapiro said it's OK. I'm going to go kill. I'm going to go kill somebody who's Muslim. Maybe it's going to be a you know Muslim congresswoman. Maybe it's just going to be a bunch of people in a mosque. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Right. That's exactly what they're going to fucking do. When you have a, a legitimate policy critique, that is not hatred. That is not anti-Semitism. When you when you conflate that with the kind of things that Trump says, you are enabling the kind of guy who's going to go blow up a, a mosque or blow up a synagogue. You are doing that. Oh no, you're totally you're adding to it. You're totally fucking adding to it by by engaging in these bad face smears of Ilhan Omar and acting like anything that she said was remotely anti-Semitic. You were just fueling Trump's fucking fire, which is fueling the fire of every right wing fucking crazy in this country who is armed to the teeth and mentally imbalanced and is given their marching orders by Donald Trump. That's what you're fucking enabling and you know aiding and abetting so oh, i hope yeah. you're fucking happy and, and if there's another fucking you know horrible it's situation that, but like it's that. also crying wolf too it's when you yeah of course that that conflation 
you know, we were talking about Zelina Maxwell and, and her bad faith arguments and whether she really is a, has been a victim of things or not. When you play the victim, when you are not, it cheapens people's experiences who have been victims, right? Or who are at the risk of being victimized. It makes those people more at risk, but it also makes their claims of being victimized cheaper for you having been a tourist in what they've experienced. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, the, the reason it, you know, came up today or, you know, the last couple of days is because the Democrats, uh, decided, uh, you know, all, all the, the most bought off, uh, APAC, uh, you know, lobbyists in, in the house, Nancy Pelosi, you know, Chuck Schumer in the Senate, obviously, but like Elliot Engel, like a bunch of people in the house, uh, Ted douche, which is a really just, apropos name uh decided that <laughs> not a, really not like, a friend of the show i take no 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 not not a brother not brother peter or anything like yeah. that um d- d- decided to sense to censure uh ilhan omar or to you know at least bring some kind of a resolution condemning her um and you know they they, they uh thought that would be fine uh and the internet uh luckily fucking unleashed hell on them and, you know, it not just the Internet, but the entire Democratic base, even like the even a lot of the shit libs people like that, you you know, the, the, the typical ones that you see online, even like the Krasensteins and all those people are like, this is ridiculous. Like nothing that she said was anti-Semitic. It's not, you know, anti-Semitic to criticize. And it was the most obvious thing in the world to people that aren't paid off by APAC, like even even shit oh, libs. It was the most obvious yeah. thing in the world. And we've talked about what the Krasensteins are grifters or they're just idiots. <laughs> and I, I think they're just idiots. I, I know. Like I think they're just like they're just lovable idiots who are wrong about half the time and then are like totally yeah. right half the time. You know, because I, I, yeah, I definitely we love seen them say the right thing when it mattered. And they were just, you know, I'm sure they're like turning to each other in their chipmunk voices, like, why are people picking on Elon? I don't understand it. I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, oh that, that yeah. was, I think the first, it was the red Krasenstein, not the blue one or the whatever. The, it was a Krasenstein without the, the aviator shades on. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the black Krasenstein. The red Krasenstein is, is the no, yeah, no glasses. The yeah. Um, but he said something good about, about Ilhan. I'm like, okay, this guy's clearly not on the payroll. He just, really likes democratic party women right maybe and and uh, i don't know anyway i that was that was the moment that confirmed for me that he was not on a payroll he's just dumb but but so that's to the to that point it's like everyone on the fucking planet was like what the fuck are you doing why are you act and by the way this is this is from a body that chose not to sense not to censure steve king when he said really fucking outwardly racist white supremacist shit they had the votes and the Democrats fucking in the House fucking blocked it. Nancy Pelosi blocked it. This was like three months ago and it didn't make that much news at the time. She blocked the fucking censure vote because she didn't want to be too divisive. She wanted right. to work with the new Congress well, coming in. And I mean, the, this is the, the same reason, fucking group that did that. I mean, the reason is that APAC has no problem with actual white supremacy because white supremacy is what APAC is advocating for. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, you know, a, a system of apartheid in Palestine. is white supremacy in Israel. You know, 20 percent of people in in Israel are not white and they are not Jewish. They're Arab. Uh, there are some Arab Christians, a small percentage. Most are Arab Muslims in Israel. Um, 
And, you know, at least in theory, they have some same rights, but in practice, they do not. You know, they experience the same kind of voter disenfranchisement disenfranchisement that a lot of people of color do in this country or have historically. Uh, there are separate roads. Um, you've got all the checkpoints, right? Um, just trying to get home from from school or go to work. You know, you don't have the same freedom of movement if you are not yeah. white and Jewish in Israel. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, that's also happening in, in Venezuela also. There's a lot of white supremacy at play there. Juan Guaido is is about as white as you can be for Venezuela. Like there's a... Uh, so we'll talk about it another time when we talk about Venezuela, but there's a very big element of like the white uh, upper class in right. Venezuela versus same with the Brazil indigenous same, population same in yeah. Bolivia. It's it's what you know. It's, it's fucking nuts how like just like skin pigmentation is is, is like this determining factor. For, well, like, it's not just skin pigmentation; it's who your ancestry is. Are are you descended well, from yeah, exactly. rich white colonists or are you indigenous? Right, and there's a, a mm-hmm. political schism. Um, you know, it's, it's what is known as the Bolivian revolution, where you suddenly have people who are becoming, you know, heads of state in South America who are indigenous. Right. And, and yeah. that is, you know, really exactly. Uh, that is an existential threat to, uh, you know, people that are right wing pro Western, meaning pro American, uh, oil czars who, you know, see South America as just timber, land cattle raise and and oil extraction right they don't give a shit about anything else down there that's all they see south america as but but yes it's very much a a a white versus people of color kind of a thing where again you got the right wing whites and the left wing you know marxist people of color um so anyway we'll talk about more in our time yeah yeah no for sure but so uh anyway you know uh, they got on unholy hell rain down on them um and they decided to water down the resolution and add in a bunch of groups to the point where the resolution was just a resolution condemning hate in all forms masturbatory it's hilarious i mean it's just fucking hilarious it's it's the total embodiment of tom perez is like you know well we're for we're for good things and we're against bad things like that's (laughs) that's that's what the resolution was basically we haven't heard your tom perez impersonation for uh at least five episodes oh i'm sure it'll be it'll it'll come back out when the debate schedule gets released but (laughs) um right so and it was just hilarious, but also it, it's so funny. The Republicans are so fucking comically evil that like 13 of them voted against the resolution. anyway, <laughs> Even though it, it, it condemns hate of all for like some crazy, like it's just, it passed mostly with almost complete unanimous support, but then there were like 20 Republicans who I mean, either voted no or voted present. It's just, what, a, what a waste of time, you know? Oh, this is what we're fucking paying this, them for. This is like, the shit that they're wasting a whole fucking week on. And it, it, there's 52 weeks in a year and how many years left before climate change is irreversible right yeah, got probably like 11 years left now, 10 and we yeah. spent a whole week chastising one person for speaking out in favor of human rights in palestine essentially yep. and not even that yep. i mean if you really want to break it down what are we talking about when we're talking about criticisms of israel Right, an APAC influence on our government. Right, what is it we really want? What is it you and, and you and I want for Israel? Right, we want Israel to be a democracy, not an apartheid state. Right, we want Israel to be uh, to, to recognize international human rights, in, in and yeah. not build illegal settlements in the West Bank, and not encircle all of Gaza with a giant fucking prison wall. Right, that I'm yeah. I'm not calling for the erasure of Israel as a state. 
I just want Israel to be a, you know, yeah, I, I don't well, want a two-state it solution. Equal rights for everybody. Exactly. Right. So there, there's no two-state solution that is going to achieve that. Two-state solution is segregation, as we've talked mm-hmm. about on here before. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, can can you make Gaza its own country? Can you make uh, the West Bank its own country? Uh, I, I hope so, because otherwise they remain occupied territories, right? Which is a war crime. It, it's illegal yeah. for a foreign government to militarily occupy someone else's land, right? But we just we do it so much here in this country. It's like we 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 think about Israel as doing that without batting an eye. And the UN, by the way, just acknowledged that what Israel did during the march of return was they committed war crimes. They shot medics. They shot journalists. They shot children. You know, thirty-eight children. Anthony, they had shot they had tires and kites. They had to be killed. <laughs> you know, just, they, were, they were very dangerous. Yeah. Right? I know, but no, I mean, what people who advocate for a two-state solution don't realize, and I and I, I'm guilty of this too because I didn't, I, you know, this and this is something that I I don't fault people for necessarily because I it's something that's just not even remotely in the realm of of legitimate discussion on any kind of mainstream news or any kind of you know anything is like. They have a two-state solution right now. They, Palestine's a state. Like it may not be internationally recognized, but what they have right now is a two-state solution where one state is illegally occupying another state that they're encircling with this fence. Like that's what do you think that uh, recognizing Palestine as a state would do other than, you know, make make them feel like they accomplished something, like make the people who mm-hmm. who, you know, put the deal together fit like it's going to be the same fucking situation. It's still going to be segregated. They're still going to be occupying them like no the only solution is to rip down the fucking border wall and barrier fence that you built around the west bank uh you know return it uh it, you know to to the palestinians and call and you know you can call it palestine you can call it israel palestine whatever the fuck you want to call it give everyone equal rights and see what happens have elections see what happens see if netanyahu is still fucking prime minister after you have elections with where you allow all the palestinians that he's uh, brutally, uh, you know, oppressed and murdered <laughs> the last 15 years. See if he's still president after that. I, I, I kind of doubt it, but, you know, it's just. You know, yeah, it's, it's shitty. Unreal. It's shitty. But, you know, you, you see exactly what happens the minute anyone speaks out about this and they catch hell for it. I, I give so Ilhan so much credit because we've seen even AOC is just like, uh, I don't know how to answer this. Like I'm scared to, yeah, to, no. to say anything. And you, you know how much power is being bared and how many threats are being bared down on these, on these women for speaking truth to power. If even AOC is just like, uh, I think scared to think, um, yeah. um, yeah. So, you know, a couple of things about AOC. Number one, I, I mean, who knew Ilhan Omar would would just be the, the the bravest of that whole bunch to just be like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'll say what I just continues to say what she what she believes. And then even after they rebuke her, still says what she believes. Uh, so, yeah, now Il, Ilhan's braver than any troop I know. But uh, <laughs> but AOC. Uh, yeah. So she got some shit uh, this week, uh, you know, from the left, which she's not used to. And I, I don't think she responded well to it, but, and I, and I, you know, I'll, I'll read, you know, a little bit of the tweet thread where, where she uh, punched left a little bit. And I'm going to do a mild defense of her because I think people are a little too over the top in what they're saying about her. I but agree. I also I don't so think she agree. handled. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm gonna well, I'm gonna do both. I'm not not to both sides it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna criticize her partly, but I'm gonna also defend her slightly. So here I'll 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 give you context, which will be a slight defense of her. So she tweeted out when this whole you know controversy was going on. The way we reject the zero-sum idea that some communities win at the cost of others is by using opportunities to address issues intersectionally. To highlight that anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, and all bigotry serve the same ends and that we prevent division by championing one another. Um, To which uh, someone responded, uh, she wasn't being anti-Semitic, dude. This isn't going to work. Uh, and then she responds. And by the way, this is a problem of hers. She needs to stop just responding to random reply guys on Twitter. Like she gets herself into trouble by re- responding to every asshole that, you know, like Steven Crowder yeah. or so. like, just ignore it. Like, don't fucking respond to it. You don't need to. But but, she, you know, she's she's trying to engage in good faith. So I like I, I get it. But like there's sometimes where you're just like, just don't respond. But uh, so so, you know, and. Uh, so this guy says she was she wasn't being anti-Semitic, dude. This isn't gonna work. And then she responds, uh, literally nowhere did I say that. If you're not going to read and listen to what I've been saying all day, then misinterpret and jump to a wrong conclusion about it, then I don't know what to tell you. You're not gonna false uh falsely pit me against her or anyone else for that matter. To which uh Abby Wilkes uh responded, I think people are finding it quite confusing because you clearly don't feel confident saying she wasn't being anti-Semitic. I get finding it difficult to pass judgment on that, but the implication ends up being that you think she was. Remember when people called you anti-Semitic for accurately describing the military occupation as an occupation? Uh, should we interpret those allegations as sincere expression of hurt? And and, and I, I agree with that sentiment to some degree because she really has not been super clear in saying like, hey, what Ilhan did, what, there was nothing wrong. Um, but so then she responded to that. Uh, and this is what, she actually got ratioed on this, which may be the first time this ever happened oh, wow. to her. Uh, yeah, 1,046 1, replies to 948 likes, uh, which is a small ratio, but for her, that's like gargantuan. Um, remember when all the left did was finger wag and make cynical assumptions instead of showing up despite an imperfect moment? When the main defense is rooted in telling others how to feel, especially when you're not from that community, it's not solid ground. I ask other questions. I don't, I don't even know. I, I genuinely don't know what the fuck she's trying to say there, but I, I feel like she feels a little backed into a corner, I, which I get. Yeah, it, it's it's. I'm sure she's talked to people who are very much pro-Zionist and maybe have talked to her in good faith and have said, hey, here's how we've read this. You know, not the people that are making false claims of anti-Semitism, but people that are just like, I'm very pro-Israel, very pro Zionist, you know, may or may not support Netanyahu, but here's how this here's here's our like spidey sense going off. And she listened to those people and she understands where they're coming from. And she doesn't feel like she can be quite as strident and say that was, you know, what Israel did was a massacre. Maybe she can't she doesn't feel like she can say that anymore. Or maybe she just got threatened straight up, you know, by people that say I think that's you know, for sure true I, I don't think that she would also respond think- as much as she has if it was just a threat i think people have talked to her in good faith behind the scenes and and that is what has changed her tone on this honestly well i think a few things and, and this is not an insult to her but she is you know young and she has not been doing this that long i don't think she's got good farm policy people around her she's 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 made some not great like comments about farm policy in the past and i really think 
Ilhan Omar, because she is actually a refugee who survived, uh, you know, war and seen firsthand American imperialism, I think understands in a way that almost nobody else in Congress does, you know, uh, the the costs of American sure. imperialism, like well, and, right? Uh, it's in the fiber of her foreign her policy. Being, whereas yeah. for AOC, it's it's still someone else's story. It's an abstraction. It's still something she's read. Would right. you? But you know, it, it as have us, we? But exactly, it's the same for you and me. I haven't lived through a fucking war. You know, I haven't lived through it. But I hope that but, she, yeah, listens to people like Ilhan because I I think that that's a valuable invaluable asset to her as as her friend that she eventually does become uh, more emboldened and feels braver to speak out on, on foreign policy atrocities that we're committing. And Hey, oh. if we ever get a president AOC 10 years down the line, you know, Ilhan Omar, secretary of state, uh, you could do a lot worse than to make her um, the fucking uh, leading I guess, diplomat. I think after the, the PBS interview where that, you know, right wing person caught her off guard, caught her off guard people thing, yeah. were like, okay, there's the, there's the learning curve right there. There's the teachable moment. Um, exactly. And it's been yeah. six months since that, right? Or however many. It's been about six months, five, six months. And then to hear her, you know, talk to that reporter in the hallway, you know, in Congress, and where she, he just said, do you think that, um, you know, they were unfair to Ilhan? And she goes, I, I think, I Which, think. Yes, is what the answer I, should have been. I yeah. It wasn't even that she couldn't even come up with any answer. It was that she just couldn't say anything. You know, she she didn't. She I think she she knows that they're being unfair, but she didn't want to say. She's like making a million political calculations in her head at that moment, and she's like, "Fuck, what do I, how do I get out of this?" What without... she's good at, right? Her instincts no, are good. Exactly, making all these fucking calculations to please everybody at the same time is not what we put her there for. You know, it's not what we expect of her. Yeah. We expect her to to be a leader, not try to please every other fucking constituency, much less APAC. You know, fuck them. They're going to fucking hate I, you no matter what, you know, like just be yeah. yourself, say the right thing, do the right fucking thing. She's, she's equivocated on APAC this whole week and they're still targeting her. They still mm-hmm. release something where they're targeting her seat. So it's like a lot of fucking good that did you admit that hopefully that's a good lesson learned. Like, Hey, you can't make peace with these fucking people. They want your undivided loyalty and your undivided fealty or they're going to fucking try to take you out. So don't play patty cakes with these people. Don't try to play nice with them. Tell them the fuck off, you and you're going to do what you think is the right thing. You said fealty, so the the first thing that popped in my head was like, AOC, don't take the knee. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't bend the knee. Um, but no, yeah, I can't wait for Game of Thrones. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Can we talk about the trailer for like three minutes? Can you I've been thinking about? <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it at the end. We'll talk about it at the end. Um, but no, so I, 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 you know, and I I think that there's legitimate, I think the criticism of her has been mostly legitimate. I think, of course, because the left is the left online, has been way over the top and acting like she's some fucking sellout, you know, Zionist. The, the like, come on. that's not firing squad is so fucking it's not who she is. People that I respect are just like, oh, I always knew she was going to sell out. And it's like, shut yeah, up. It's like, come on. Because a week later, like, you're going to be fucking know any better. over she's her fun. again. You know, like just. So. Yeah. And, and just to add fuel to what I was saying, uh, like there, I don't know how many people read this, but there was a, you know, a Washington Post report about the closed door meetings they had, the caucus meetings they had on this. And, you know, of course, Pelosi came in, tried to bulldoze through it and was like okay well obviously we're going to pass an anti-semitism resolution and we're going to include ilhan omar in it 
And AOC was one of the people to stand up in in the meeting and say, this is like, bull- I, she, we don't know exactly what she said, but she pushed back and was like, this, why are we doing this? You know, this is ridiculous. And apparently Pelosi got so fed up, she walked out of the caucus Good. meeting. Like, so, so, you know, there, there were people and it wasn't just AOC. It was a couple of people were like, this is fucking bullshit. Like, we're not going to support this. So that's why Pelosi backed herself into a corner and had to do this like, we're we're for good things and against bad things resolution because a lot of the caucus was like this is ridiculous we're not going to support this this railroading of one of our own for you to you know score political points with apac right and i think Um, that's that's the frustration she she stood up behind you know closed doors she she did the right thing exactly well she's so worried about again we don't media perception we don't know what was behind those closed doors but you know if you 99 percent of the time aoc is good and fights hard in public, you know, I would only assume that behind closed doors, um, which is you know, sort of the thing we don't really, we don't really like, we don't like our government having any closed door sessions, but of course they have to have yeah. a few moments to themselves to just kind of be like, Hey, you know, what are we really fucking doing yeah, here? Um, I would hope that behind closed doors, AOC is even more of a fighter uh, enough that apparently in this case, uh, Pelosi <laughs> left the fucking room. Um, so, that, mm-hmm. that would that would indicate defeat, obviously. But you know, again, it's people are just picking people apart. Like she's not fucking perfect, guys. Like she's not. She doesn't have to be everything, right? You can have somebody well, that think- is more anti-imperialist in Ilhan Omar, and maybe AOC is not as far to the left, you know, as you'd like. That doesn't mean you just say, "Well, fuck her. I'm not going to fight for a Green New Deal. Fuck her. I'm not going to fight for Medicare for all." You know, I'm just going to make a, a, a Twitter tirade that she's not perfect enough. It's like, yeah, it's like you look at how far left she's moved the conversation in fucking like three months in office. And it's like, well, you're going to throw that away because and look, and I'm not saying at all, don't criticize her. Like if you, if, you know, if you want to criticize her in good faith and I, I you know, laid out some good faith, I, I think criticisms of her. Uh, just now about this issue sure. you can do that but also don't pile on to her and, and act like you know well she's done she's like i'm not going to support her anymore it's like guys she's right you know yeah, the comments that i've seen online have been from ranging from you know what is she doing uh you know to i i figured she was gonna cave uh she's dead to me to uh, she's mm-hmm. canceled and there's no redemption at this point. It's like, dude, it's been nine weeks. <laughs> She'll the fuck out. Time. She's been a congressman. She's been a politician for about two months. Can we like, like, look, this is shit. That's a teaching moment for her where she can say like, well, I've never been ratioed on Twitter before. I've never seen this kind of vitriol from the left. Maybe I should look at what they're saying. Like, obviously a lot of them are trolls, but some of them genuinely are upset by, and you know, it's like some of the blue checks that, uh, tweeted to her weren't just like trolls they were people like hey like don't please like look at what you're doing yeah to your friend uh, right now. like we know there's people on the left who you know their cult of personality is trying to out left everybody else and not really be that thoughtful themselves and sure. just to kind of like feed red meat to the sharks you know of their followers and just to say oh she uh you know somebody on the left who's well known didn't do the most leftist thing possible therefore i'm gonna bash them and now get a shitload of fucking attention for it and get a shit load more followers and it's like they don't really care what the thing is they just it's it's twitter uh glamorizing essentially so yeah 
you know, like we've said, yeah, no, we, and, we're and, not and, agreeing with what AOC has said as far as you know the 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 position she's taken because it is the, very the waffling on this, yeah, very much waffling. But you know, I, this is a moment for her to learn and and to grow and to hopefully right. now move left. We, we, you know, on this, when issue. she got blindsided the PBS interview. I was like, okay, right. But the guy that would talk to her was talking to her. Uh, with that long, like old seventies microphone, she's noticed that uh, in the hallway at Congress <laughs> Day, like he wasn't asking questions in bad faith. You know, he was asking pretty no, decent no, questions, a, right? And then she was—I would have asked her probably a similar yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. And, and she was still just kind of like, eh, I don't really know what to say. All right, so okay, so teachable moment. Now, if the if if six months later she still fucking blows it on these kind of questions, then yeah, okay. Now we've had a year. Then we start that. Now we've had a year of, of, of teachable moments, right? And now it's kind of like, is it really time to reevaluate? I'm not there yet, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm not there yet either. And I think a lot of it is the fact that she is young and that she is just one person. And I feel like the you, you could tell in a lot of the way she kind of exasperatedly says these things where she's like, this is this is an absurd level of scrutiny for any one politician or one person to be under like everything she says constantly in the media and and you know in the right-wing media and the left-wing media like everything is scrutinized to an insane degree you know there people are doxing her fucking doxing her boyfriend it's like this is like absurd that she's got to deal with this shit and i think it's overwhelming to her so when she gets criticism even if a lot of it is in good faith uh she is kind of like so fed up with it so it's like i i just hope that we can focus less on her like as this personality and just be like look hey you know we support you because you support most of the policies that we support uh we're going to try to push you left on these issues but uh you're a great voice because you managed to capture uh, the cultural zeitgeist and you've gotten a lot of people on board with our agenda that wouldn't normally have even gotten this information to them because they're following the people that they think are progressive like nancy pelosi or fucking whatever insert random you know identity-based politician here and it's like well you have all those things but you also support most of the policies we support so like i i think we can get to a point where like we don't fucking pile on and make her regret ever entering into politics but also you know don't uh, I don't I don't ever want to give her a pass if she's got a bad position on something I sure. I think we should make it known to her like hey you got to be better on this and eventually I think she'll get there cuz I don't do you, think that Do she's you remember the video clip from bad on uh, yeah, from know, overall Bernie back in like 2013 2014 when he was doing a little event I don't know if it was campaign related or not and people uh showed up protesting Israel bomb the fuck out of Gaza. And, you know, they were, they were protesting his event that he hadn't spoken out against it. And Bernie got fucking mad. And he literally was at the podium and he just said, shut up, shut up. He like said, shut up to the, to the pro Palestinian protesters in San. Yeah. Never seen that. Yeah. So, I mean, Bernie's gotten turned around a lot in the last few years, but I remember that. And I was like, Holy shit. There's there's the grumpy Bernie Sanders who was wrong on an issue, right? Uh-huh. So where he what is I now, think- I think, is way better. But still, it's it's like just, you know. I, I think there's also a default 
defense mechanism when you're getting called on something that you know a little bit that you're wrong on but can't fully uh, express why why you why you take a position that you take sure. so there's that defensive and i think that kind of came out in a little bit in aoc's response to that that one tweet but like i think that that's like that was for bernie that could be a, a learning moment because bernie now uh is one of these i mean you know in, in his own kind of milquetoast way is one of the strongest voices on palestinian human rights because like you know, he's he's still not nearly where I think he should be. He doesn't support BDS, but he's still a million miles to the left of almost any other elected Listen, Democrat. Here's the deal with Bernie and BDS. It's not that he, he's opposed to BDS. He's opposed to calling it BDS. He's opposed to boycott, divestment, sanctions, turning into something different and turning into something ugly. Um, and I and I get that there's an overabundance of caution that I think that somebody sure. who had family die in the Holocaust has um, when there's a thing like BDS that comes up where other people are like, well, this is exactly what we did in, in, in South Africa to stop apartheid. A and I think that like, you know, if it works, it could really change things in Israel and Palestine. But I definitely understand why if you had family, literal family, blood relatives die in the Holocaust, why you would be very reluctant to co-sign with anything that you thought might evolve further into a, a really bad thing to say, like, well, any Jewish business should now be boycotted, not just businesses in Israel. Like, I, I you know, yeah. I, 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 I well, totally I think get that. that. I, I get that too, but I think that's also part of the misconception of BDS, where, where like the, you know, the APAC lobby will try to paint it as like, well, you're boycotting any Jewish business. Well, no, I mean, if you really look at any kind of and bds is a movement it's not an official movement but like any sure. kind of a, like collect collective it's mostly uh people saying hey boycott these products because they're literally made in in the illegal settlement exactly exactly you know, like, you know, like there's so Scarlett much shit manufactured why the in, fuck can you just quit soda stream or what the fuck that company was yeah like soda streams literally manufactured in occupied palestine right. like it's ma it's manufactured in illegal you know in the illegal settlements in fucking occupied territory it's like that's that's monstrous to support a company that that thinks of course, it's okay of course. to do that. Because uh, it's all I'm saying state. is that I understand how people could could worry that. Oh no! I even agree. if they're fine but, with BDS as it is now, they're worried that the, it snowballs into something else, right? And I think when it's completely politically untenable right now, but I think us keep continuing to push on this and making everyone realize that hey, this it's not as much of a political consensus as you think it is. That we all just accept this occupation. That will eventually sure. get to the point where it will be well, politically tenable you know, for him I, to say, yeah, I, I do. Exactly. I, I feel lazy in that I have not done more research about, you know, the, the, the movements to end apartheid in South Africa, uh, which did happen in my own life, but I was a child when that was taking place. And I feel like I sure. like yeah. we, we should all be better socialists and like study that more so that. Yeah, so no, that figure out not, why it succeeded. Right. Well, and also just to make sure that we're not. Uh, falling into any kind of, you know, e even if it's a, a, a bad faith argument that someone makes about what we're saying, you know, just, just to uh, be clear that we're sticking with sort of the, you know, whatever the playbook was for South Africa in the eighties that we uh, are sensitive to the things that people say in good faith about not overstepping things, you know, uh, but also being clear that we're not going to tolerate uh, a, an extremist right wing regime like Netanyahu 
uh, or the monster that came before him or the monster that's going to come after him in, you know, conscripting every young Israeli citizen to be trained to be a fucking killer and to feel okay with murdering children, medics, any civilian. Um, there, there's got to be some clarity, I think, there and, and really push the idea that uh, what we want is human rights, what we want is democracy and not let these motherfuckers uh, try to spin that around and claim that that is anti-Semitism. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, to Bernie's credit this week, he had the strongest defense of um, Ilhan Omar, uh, both in, in private and in public. He was the first one to call her and like, you know, when she was getting this this torrent of bullshit and kind of like, you know, give her his condolences and tell him and tell her and she and he, she talked about this on a podcast with Mehdi Hassan uh, yesterday uh, where he basically was like, look, this is what people are why people are saying it. These are some tropes that have historically, uh, you know, been been used against my people. But I also want you to understand that I'm with you and I understand uh, that you didn't mean it that way and that you were trying to highlight the very real issue of the far right, you know, uh, oppressive, uh, occupation that's going on in Israel. And then he released his statement in, in support of Ilhan Omar, where he basically said in the statement, he literally said, criticizing the right wing Netanyahu government of Israel is not anti-Semitism, uh, which is way better than anyone, any of the other presidential candidates responses like Kamala Harris released one that was like a copy paste to that. But then she called for a two state solution, (laughs) you know, the typical bullshit and Kamala Harris fucking loves Netanyahu. She, she's, oh, she's she like loves posing for photos with him. Yeah, yeah. She's spoken at APAC multiple exactly. times. Like she, she's totally on board with that. As is Elizabeth Warren. She's terrible. Yeah, in Israel, I don't think Warren's totally on board. She just goes along with with whatever people are saying. She's a coward on that issue. Um, she's a coward on every almost, almost every issue. issue. Yeah, she's just like a likable aunt. I don't know how she got elected to be a senator because she's not a fighter around anything, honestly. Um, I don't hate her, though. I'm just kind of like, I don't I don't see her as being. No, but, I, but she's just not a no, fighter. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, Bernie is smart to uh, frame his criticism <clears throat> as being with Netanyahu, being buddies with, you know, buddies with Trump kind of a thing, um, because that can't really be attacked by anyone in, in the u.s except for the and he also right. knows that they can't call him an anti-semite because he's a fucking uh, jewish guy whose family was you know sure, uh, murdered in the sure. holocaust like it'd be ridiculous to call him anti-semitic but bernie, although bernie, they still i'm sure will yeah bernie's well aware that the problem did not begin and start with donald trump the problem did not begin and start with netanyahu right but he's smart enough to know that if he <laughs> frames it that way then that's like teflon right where uh-huh. you know AOC is still just kind of like, uh, I don't know how to fucking answer the question, <laughs> you know? Um, so I don't know. Hopefully, hope. Well, and, and, and uh, yeah, look, one of the big criticisms of Bernie in 2016 is that he didn't talk about foreign policy enough. And he's made up for that a lot, very much so in the last two years uh, in beefing up his foreign policy team and really making an effort to, to tackle issues head on, like the war powers act, which he helped pass in the Senate, for the first time in its in the fucking history of that that act to condemn the unconstitutional war that's going on in Yemen right now, you know, that that we're supporting. So he's made a real effort. And I think that he's a great example for someone like AOC, who is very domestic focused right now um, and is not a foreign policy expert. I think Ilhan Omar is. That's why she's on the Foreign Relations Committee. 
But uh, that this, this could be a teaching moment for AOC of like, hey, I know you're not really a foreign policy expert. That's not your area of expertise, but you do need to be an all around politician. You need to beef up your knowledge on this region. I mean, she said some really dumb things about Venezuela too, you know, to, to not to pile on her further, but like, I think she's just not, she hasn't done enough reading about that. And she's listening to bad advice from the worst people in Washington, you know, the, the Nancy Pelosi's of the world. So I think she's young. She's been there for fucking two months, which I think we forget a lot. And, uh, there's plenty of time for her to learn. I just hope she, doesn't take the wrong advice and actually does her own investigation and reads, you know, the, 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 uh, top level, you know, kind of independent journalism that's being done right now and, and really reads and, and, you know, learns about these things on her own and doesn't listen to the, the orthodoxy of DC. Well, cause, cause there's a real chance that, that is can, always going to be the know, predominant board. voice that, that they're going to hear, you know, it, that's, that's the thing sure. is you get in there you're amongst the wolves, right? And what do you do? You know, I mean, you try to do the right thing, but even if you think you're doing the right thing over time, it changes, right? By the time, uh, you know, let's, let's say we have a president AOC in 20 years, is she going to be the same AOC that toppled Joe Crowley? Probably not, but then we'll have somebody else. Right. And that's, it could be better. Who knows? Sure. I mean, you know, she could go either way at this point, and, and, but that's why we need people to be the media. You know, not just depend on people doing the right thing in a vacuum, not just hope the media gets better, but be the media. You know, if, if anyone's listening to this podcast has any inkling to want to uh, start their own podcast, fucking do it. It's not that expensive. You know, try to put your own voice not out that hard. there. Um, two fucking assholes <laughs> sitting in our, you know, in our bedrooms, like talking yeah, into my One of them on like, their own birthday. Yeah. Um, but you got to do that. And, and, and I guarantee there are going to be people that AOC, you know, for her few faults, uh, are going to inspire that maybe another another four or five years, you get another person who like, holy shit, where did this woman come from? Where did this guy come from? Uh, who, you know, where, where did Lee Carter come from? <laughs> like, what, what's the life? I really hope he runs for Congress. Oh, like, yeah, for, absolutely. For national- uh, but, it, but that's the thing is like you, the, the name of this podcast is Move Left idiots right not not that you're listening to this are an idiot it's the people that are still like well how do we defeat trump like well maybe we should hire some more corporate lobbyists it's like no no move to the fucking left idiots that's how you fucking win that's how aoc won that's how ilhan won is by presenting a platform that's more to the left than anybody else and they're wildly popular for it and they only falter when they fail to keep moving left yeah, it's almost a misnomer. It really should almost be like move to the center, idiots, because they're so far to the right of where the center of the country is. Right. Well, you we, know, like the center of the country is actually left wing. So if they move to the center, they would actually become lefties. Like that's the the sad reality. Right. I always hate when the media says, um, you know, uh, somebody is more liberal because when I hear more liberal, I just hear more to the right. Like they moved more to the right, <laughs> yeah, me too. but the media exactly. means, oh, they're, they're extremely liberal. Well, that, that in the media, that means they're very far to the left, which really. Jenk even does that all the time, I know, which I'm like, I know. Dude, like, that's not what it means. More like, liberal word doesn't mean just what means more means. fucking corporate bullshit, identity politics, fucking racial tokenism, fucking, you know, just speaking on the half on behalf of marginalized communities without actually representing anybody. Uh, yeah. So it, 
Captain Marvel, basically. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Captain, you know, a movie that's 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 ostensibly about women's empowerment, but really is just a big commercial, two-hour commercial hey, for the Air Force. You know, we spent what are these? What? How much money do they spend on that that F thirty-five fucking plane they show in the trailer for half the trailer? It, it was like one point five oh, trillion like dollars 10. on the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, and it's a plane that it doesn't work. By the no, way, no, it was a plane designed for the Cold War to to do dogfighting with fucking Soviet MIGs, and it has no place on on any modern bed battlefield, let alone should we have any. Um, and they couldn't get it to work for ten years. It literally wouldn't work. Yeah. And now they finally got it to work, and they're like, "Yeah, we have no use for this fucking plane that yeah. we've sunk." Over a trillion dollars. Trillion. <laughs> but Hollywood's like, hey, it looks cool. Let's put in our fucking movie. Can we get some free ones from the Pentagon? Uh, hey, sign off on mm-hmm. our fucking on our script. Uh, you know, and, and as I'm sure people that listen to this podcast know we've talked about this before that, you know, the Pentagon has their own office of they, they have like a liaison office with Hollywood. They have a commission. Yeah. So the Hollywood movies that they want to have free military hardware to have in like, you know, fucking Transformers, you know, beyond the dark side of the moon, whatever fucking episode that was um they can get free military hardware like helicopters and tactical gear and everything for free from the military if their script you know puts the military in a positive light so the pentagon has their own office just to approve scripts for that purpose you know and people think that i'm fucking paranoid No, it literally, and they've they've admitted this in public. It's not a secret. It, it's like people should look. I forget the name of the office, but and even like a movie like Black Panther, which I think did a really good job, uh, especially for a big budget Marvel movie of talking about colonialism and American imperialism and things like that. They still had the white CIA guy as like the kind of savior of of the movie at the end of the movie. Uh, now I think Ryan Coogler, who's a super woke dude, did his best to be like, "Yeah, this is fucking bullshit." Like, you know, I'll do the bare minimum to to get you to sign off on this, but I'm still going to talk about settler colonialism oh, and you yeah. know, white. Well, and, you know, like, and even that character, they had they had to make him. You know, they had to take like a British guy to play the CIA guy, <laughs> right? Uh, and he even had to say like, "Well, you know, CIA does a lot of illegal arms trading, but I'm not like them." Like they had to, they had to like, you know, uh, tactically admit that the CIA is bad, um, but still interested in the the, the tech of Wakanda, uh, and then have him sort of like use the tech for good, even though he's bad. You know, it's just it's such a mind fuck. Mm-hmm. I, I hate all that kind of stuff, but uh, honestly. But you could tell there was a little bit of a, a back and forth with Coogler in the studio because Co- Ryan Coogler is a guy who directed Fruitvale Station. Like Ryan Coogler fucking is not somebody who's going to, you know, go along with like a CIA approved. Like, I'm sure that there that was a big, you know, battle with him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, back and forth. What do so. you think a, like a, a, a movie, movie completely like. written and directed by the CIA would look like? I mean, would they just like get a get a guy and like American sniper? Yeah. Probably <laughs> or just you know, uh, <laughs> it's probably probably many of them oh, exist. Yeah, or just like every movie made by you know every movie John Ford John Wayne Western was like like totally just fucking the CIA wrote that entire <laughs> start to finish mm-hmm. movie. Um, yeah, yeah, we were talking about this before the show, but I honestly feel like Zero Dark Thirty. Uh, exactly, exactly. Um, I, I feel like the biggest operation the CIA has is domestic every day you know the things they pull off in venezuela or iran um those are just kind of the outliers what they do for the most part is they just write low level you know psyop shit 
for the media. And it's not like it's a big fucking conspiracy. It's just a low level reinforcing the values of you know, the military, the values of the Pentagon, the values of imperialism uh, in our media on a low level constantly. You know, it's not hard to do that. Yeah. It's so weird. Your, your, your microphone just like spiked with like weird static when you said, when you just went through that sentence. It was so weird. Gonna, my security um, clearance is being evaluated really sure at this moment. <laughs> I know, right now. Well, I mean, look, they, they, and I forget the name of the program, but there was a whistleblower from the CIA in the 90s uh, who talked about a program where the CIA would literally infiltrate the newsrooms of every newspaper in the country and get guys to write op-eds for them. And it's like, what do you think that fucking stopped? Of course they still have people working at the Washington post and, and, and at t- cable yeah. news now, like, of course they fucking oh, did you hear that. about it's, the, it's um, there's a, there's a story democracy now is covering this today, but it's been covered by other people. How, uh, the, uh, U S customs and border protection has been flagging the passports of journalists who are covering the strife along our border at the moment, um, to, to basically, what what they said is that they want to uh, more closely uh, study the crossing habits of journalists in order to um, predict when outbreaks of violence happen on the border. Well, if that's all it was, why don't you just read their fucking article, right? TYT had a thing on this day too. Yeah, but like flagging their passport. Um. Yeah, like that's super fucked up. That's that. That's no, that's that's like fascist. And the only reason why they you would know, admit behavior. it publicly is to intimidate journalists. That's the only reason why they uh-huh. would fucking say it. If they were just doing it to like clandestinely actually, uh, you know, track where the media coverage was and how that may or may not affect strife on the border between refugees and fucking uh, bootlickers with fucking machine guns and and tear gas grenade canisters, they wouldn't tell the public. Right. The only reason to tell the public that shit is in is to intimidate journalists. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's really gross. Um, yeah, well, let's, you know, let's do we mentioned earlier. Let's chat a little bit uh, at the end about the new Game of Thrones trailer, because we are going to be doing a preview oh, episode yes. in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyone who is not caught up with Game of Thrones should, should check out now of, of the episode, because I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll do a little spoilery talk or just five, yeah, five minutes on yeah. it. But. Uh, you know, obviously, if you are caught up on it, uh, definitely keep your eyes on the feed for uh, Left of the Throne, which is going to be our Game of Thrones review podcast for the final season. Uh, we'll do a preview cast and then we'll be covering each episode either a day or two after it airs, depending on when, you know, we figure it out with our schedule. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's the best show on TV. So obviously we, we got to talk so, about it. But uh, yeah, so let me I'll do my, I'll do yeah. my sign off now for those people who are going <laughs> to who, who, who aren't caught up on Game of Thrones. So obviously, if you want to help out the show, rate, review, subscribe on I uh, on Apple Podcasts. Uh, follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash move left. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash move left idiots. We're on um, Patreon, patreon.com slash move left. If you want to pick up some merch, you can go over to tinyurl.com slash move left merch. Uh, I'm at uh, move underscore left on Twitter. Uh, and I am, I am at uh, ksred1871 on Twitter. I did want to mention real quick, I tagged a bunch of people in last week's episode on Twitter. Uh, usually I'll tag people that I are like new followers, right? Who maybe haven't heard the cast before. And I had at least two people mm-hmm. respond. They, they had never listened to a podcast before in their life, right? One of them had to download the SoundCloud app just to, just to listen to us, right? And then an hour later tweeted back again that not only did she 
love it as a first time podcast listener. Uh, keep in mind, like never have listened to podcasts, but also became a Patreon. Uh, I don't know if she was a subscriber or just donated one time, but like to go from never listening to a podcast to supporting it financially in the course of an hour and a half, I was, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like uh, it must be doing something right. So, yeah. So thank you very thank much you to, to that, that person. person. That's, thank that's awesome. you to everyone listening to this for, for sharing the cast supporting us financially uh you know the small amounts that go to paying the hosting fees uh and just for giving a shit about politics being a moral human being yeah no we, we really appreciate uh any support that you know people can give and i know it's not easy and i i can't afford to support a lot of the shows that i like uh that you know a lot of the independent creators but i try as, as much as possible to do what I can for like little shows because I know how fucking difficult it is to keep shit like that going uh, when you don't uh, take big money from advertisers. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to keep doing that forever. Uh, so we'll say forever. And but ever. Um, <laughs> yeah, forever. And ever. Uh, what about Game <laughs> for, of Thrones? Or at least for the next 10 years. until <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, get out of here if you're not caught up on Game of Thrones. But people that are uh, <laughs> just chat with us for a few minutes. So yeah, I, I, I'm so fucking stoked. You know, I, I, uh, it's been so long. It's been almost two years since the last season, uh, of game of Thrones. And I really, I, I, I forget how good the show is. I'm like, Oh yeah, of course I love game of Thrones. The minute I watch a trailer and I start, you know, doing some kind of like reading about the trailer and like what it might mean. I'm like, right. Fucking, I don't know about you, but I'm like right back into my, the fucking pocket of like, you know, humming the theme song as I'm walking around. Like, it's just like, right. it, so Ash, it, the, the feeling of like being in, yeah. yeah. Ash, uh, played me the, the, uh, South Park episode where they, it's like a men's choir <laughs> yeah. and they do the, they sing it, they sing, they come up uh-huh. with words for it. And, uh, I don't, it's, I can't not hear it now, but I hate the fucking South Park guys. Cause they're, cause they're so, <laughs> they're like, they're so brilliantly sophomoric that they'll do shit where you're like god damn it i know they're not really sophomoric they're just doing shit on purpose but the, it's, a, it's like a it's like a choir and they're singing it and they're like wiener 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 wiener, wiener. <laughs> you can never unhear that shit but still whatever it's it's the cultural zeitgeist of that show and it's great and everything but uh so there's actually a really yeah. funny to, to, to kind of like that there's a really funny video on youtube uh like that that the cast did for like red nose day which is like that oh the cold play like, video that... oh you saw that <laughs> how fucking funny is that shit? i've seen so many anyone who's parodies, listening to this who's... but that was so fucking funny you realize that guys in cold play even though they're like they're not a great band they just rip off the beatles and oasis have a really great sense of humor mm-hmm. and comedic timing that they can oh about themselves yeah, yeah. Can, and, yeah and that was so well done where it's like you know they're, they're sort of like riffing on like live aid right where it's like the, the, yeah, the yeah. idea that musicians think they're they're overly pretentious and self-important right um and they're like oh this is gonna uh-huh. be so great and like nobody wants to do it because they're like eh, it's cold play though and they <laughs> suck <laughs> uh, but then eventually get the whole cast to come show up you know and then of course when you know to write the game of thrones uh, musical it's hilarious anyone who yeah, anyone who's I, listening to this who hasn't the, seen it there, there is one moment great. that there's not a joke it's just an unsaid moment that is the funniest fucking thing um that if you're a fan of the show and you watch it it will definitely stand out to you <laughs> oh don't ruin when, it when, don't ruin when, it don't, uh, don't, 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 don't yeah, just yeah. let people that love the show that haven't seen that does it does it involve reek is that is that the don't moment say you're a word, thinking of because we all know it if you've seen it you know it if you haven't go watch it okay. just don't there Fair you go enough. um so anyway yeah so uh 
but anyway, yeah. So Game of Thrones is coming back. Can't fucking wait. You know, if, everything I've read about the season, uh, you know, it's a shortened season. I think it's only six episodes, which which is a bummer. But, but each episode is going to be every episode is like movie hours long. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and the reason it took so long mm-hmm. is just the rendering time for all the the amazing uh, amazing all the amazing special effects CGI they have to do because the rendering time for those fucking dragons that look so fucking real oh god takes so long that Forever. it's like you just Ever. press a button like a uh, render render motion capture thing and it's like okay we'll see you in a week right <laughs> so considering how long I, I, I just like I've tried to render just actual film footage and i know how long that takes so i can only imagine how long it fucking takes to render every frame yeah of, i of i guarantee they are still rendering footage those, right now it's a nightmare um there, there's there's oh, sure. one shot in the trailer where you see both our our you know our, uh, our our heroes walking up the two dragons and you're like oh they're both gonna ride him but the shot doesn't look finished it looks kind of floaty like like when you when the shadows yeah, yeah, aren't yeah. quite right and it it doesn't look quite right. And I guarantee that shot, they're still working on it to make it look better. I guarantee there are shots in that trailer that they are still rendering down to like the last 24 hours to make it look as good as possible before it airs. Right. And, and that's not uncommon nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the, the really interesting things about this season and, you know, I, I will get into it more in the preview cast, but I just briefly, you know, I read online that the battle they filmed uh for this season one of the battles and it's unclear which if they're talking about the battle of winterfell which we presume is going to be all the living versus the white walkers or if it's the battle for king's landing which we presume the to final be either before before well, or ab- I mean, presumably go, after they, they go fight off the winterfell white to get to king's landing right so i would imagine battle of winterfell yeah. is not the final battle because if you stop them yeah there as a finale, then like we never get to fucking King's Landing. See and, who takes and, the right, throne. And they've said that like every single major character is going to participate in the battle, right? Or at some point, at yeah, some point, so, right? So do you really see Cersei Lannister getting on a horse and marching up to Winterfell to be in that battle? No, no, right? So, well, so maybe I mean it's possible that that the living lose the battle of Winterfell and then they have to make a final stand at King's Landing. See how you else know, you like, could play it. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that's that seems well. No, but I mean the the alternative is that they beat the White Walkers at Winterfell, and then John and Daenerys or whoever's left living goes and takes King's Landing from Cersei, you know, and the Golden Army. And but I don't think so they would I, do I, that. It could play I, out a lot yeah, of ways. I, I think the the finale is you know there's going to be a major loss at Winterfell. That's probably going to be the longer battle scene. You know, it'll happen earlier on, maybe mid season, and then there will be another final battle, you know, at King's Landing, and then it'll be maybe a shorter sequence, but it'll be, you know, whoever the fuck is left kind of a thing. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure we haven't seen any foot, you know, obviously the trailer plays fast and loose with what we're actually seeing, but I'm pretty sure they wouldn't show any footage from the final battle. I think everything we've seen in that trailer in in terms of battle shots was from the battle of winterfell which means that everyone's going to be involved in it and that presumably it's not the last battle as we were saying so it's interesting you know it's interesting uh I, i'm really excited to see what happens and you know i read online that the the battle one of the battles they shot and i think this is what i was getting to originally is the longest battle in cinematic history like in, in any tv or movie it's the longest and most 
uh, elaborate battle right. scene. So it might just be a whole two hours. Like it might be a whole two hour episode. Maybe. Which I uh, would, I mean, which some people would be like, oh, maybe that sounds tedious. But I mean, think about the way that they did the Battle of the Bastards. How fucking amazingly paced and put together that well, episode. I mean, was. okay, so think about Mad Max Fury Road, right? That was yeah, that was like a, a two-hour, two hour, you know, Road Warrior, right? It was the Road Warrior without yeah. any fucking stopping, but there is stopping um, because you know that that director he's done this for forty years. He's been making the movie for forty years. He knows when to slow it down for a few moments so that you do not get that yeah. fatigue of just being like, oh, it's just fucking Lord of the Rings. It never stops. Yeah, it's not just going to be fucking sword clashes right. for two out. Like you know, they're not that stupid. Nobody's going to. And the guy who's directing it, Miguel Sapochnik, is the best director that show's ever had. He's his first episode was the season five episode where they get ambushed by the white walkers where john and you know remember where he's visiting the uh the wildlings and then they get ambushed by like the zombie horde for the first yeah, yeah. time which is still that that one of the best episodes, one of the best yeah, scenes. especially with the giant too because we're still kind of like what the fuck is this giant thing like are they impervious uh-huh. are they you know how many white walkers does it take to take down a fucking giant and then later on we see like oh actually uh th- there are also giant white walkers <laughs> it's like like apparently this one just yeah. got lucky that we saw and the two other episodes he directed were the battle of the bastards and the last episode of that season where uh cersei blows up the capital which were two of the best episodes oh. of that whole series we, so, we, I mean, we, that dude's yeah. got a got chops for this does. sort of stuff there, you know? there's so many little details of that that episode where um you know you see cersei lannister looking out of her open windows right from from her oh, tower, that's such a good shot, and, with the, and it blows, blows up. Yeah. But then, right after that, you see her her last remaining kid jump out of a window with the same vantage point, but his windows all have like these like crisscross bars on them, right? And you realize mm-hmm. that like it felt m- much more like a prison, and he's killing himself for conflicting reasons, right? But it's like same vantage point, but different window set up that says a very different oh, that's thing. directorial choice. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. So uh, when we start doing the, 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 you know, left of the throne podcast in earnest, I will definitely be arguing that uh, Cersei like that. did nothing wrong, that everything she done has done is exactly what any of us would do in the same circumstance. But I know some people may disagree, but we'll, uh, we'll explore well, that. So like, I, I, you know, I, my my instincts to push back was she's such an unlikable character. I but think she's so likable. I would really have to go oh, back and I think she's so fucking likable. <laughs> What's the thing is like I would I would have to go back okay, and rewatch so, uh, just a little, well, so, little I mean, taste, little taste here. So, um, yeah, by yeah, the yeah. point where the mountain has been, you know, uh, transfigured through some kind of weird chemical process, and now he yeah, yeah. exactly, uh, and she's already had two of her kids killed. Right. And has been tortured and uh, beaten in the street um, by this religious cult. And she's now the real queen and they're still giving her bullshit. And they're like, hey, if you don't do what we say, there's going to be violence. And she goes, then I choose the violence. I was so fucking clapping and cheering that line. I was just like, fuck. Yes, exactly what I would fucking do. Her only crime on the show is that she was born into the wrong family, really. I mean, like, she's just on the wrong side. Like, she's not on the team we're rooting for. Like, for me, at least, like, I, you know, the, the characters you sympathize the most with are the Starks and with Daenerys. Sure. And she's in direct opposition to them. But they're really all angling for the same thing. Now, I would say that, you know, of all the characters, I think Daenerys has 
some fascist tendencies or some 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 tendencies where she she she's totally cool with being a monarch and john's a lot more of the kind of aw shucks like i leadership thrust upon him and he just happens to be sure, this great leader of men yeah. who doesn't uh, obviously who doesn't want but, to be like a fucking king right but but the whole thing i mean when you start with season one right and you've got he's basically you've got yeah. you know our, our main protagonist gets murdered in season one who's the moral compass sure. of the entire series ned is is i mean you see john yeah, so. and, and they make very deliberate allusions to the fact that he is ned but now. who I mean, he's, started he's, he's taken on feud. The- why did ned get killed it wasn't because of cersei it was because of Littlefinger. he was playing those houses against each other mm-hmm. from from sure. fucking day one right so because well, he really right he said wheels in motion day. right so uh, this is basically like our, our our preview cast already so we've gone we've gone almost 15 minutes yeah. on game of thrones now so no nobody that doesn't like <laughs> can you tell we're going to talk a lot about this show so again i don't i don't think that seriously did anything wrong i think she got manipulated into wanting her fucking psycho kid to be the king without really thinking it through because a little yeah. finger uh, i think ned stark was a casualty of that um but yeah i mean if, if you had a prophecy that said she's a much more sympathetic kill, character all your kids were going to be yeah. murdered right and and then you went through that and experienced all that and like you have nothing fucking left and then you get tortured uh and beaten in the street and then a cult's after you like uh it, but you know didn't she try to have bran killed like in the well because well, because jamie pushes him out the window in the first episode and then she is i, I can't remember who i know the lannisters did i can't remember which Lannister ordered that the assassination attempt on eh, Bran. You know, it's a kid killing kill off your enemy's <laughs> kids. Is you know, back in the day, it's it's you know, yeah. What well, what I think the whole point is like they've never positioned her to be a particularly likable individual from that be from that initial thing. But her actions are mostly justifiable from her point of view. It, like from I, the yeah, I don't think it's justifiable it from her way. point of view. I think it's justifiable based on like the bullshit she's been fed by her father, by Littlefinger, by all these people that say, sure. you know, like people are going to come for your kids and kill them. You're, you're going to, you're going to have no sure. dynasty yeah. because people are going to kill your children. So she thinks, well, I've got to, I've got to kill other people's kids. Otherwise like I, which by the way, that prophecy has totally come true. Like her fucking kids right. have all died. And the prophecy was that she was going to lose three kids. And by yeah. the way, she's, supposedly pregnant with a third kid but if right you notice now. closely so, I mean, in the trailer she's drinking wine again where she didn't in the final episode but, so i don't think she's actually pregnant but maybe she, maybe she has the kid and it dies in childbirth and that's why she's so distraught and drinking wine <laughs> i don't, I don't think so but uh if you look at the hair um you know she her hair is longer but not that much longer so if we were, were to follow that progression of time when we see her drinking wine is can't be more than about two three months after the finale of uh you know where the last season ended off no i agree but or maybe she miscarried but so the reason i would say that i i would i would tend to agree with you but then i i read online somebody pointed out and then i remembered that in the last episode of last season she she consciously won't drink wine with um Tyrion because she realizes that she's pregnant or so i mean i don't think she would want (laughs) I I don't know. I, I have to rewatch it again. I I think there's some chance that the kid died or that she has or had it already. Whatever. I don't know. We'll find. No, out, I, I think guess, she was trying. She was trying to event. invoke sympathy. Uh, that, that whole meeting was a con job. Honestly, it was it was him 
it was her trying to make him think his life was threatened, but really it was about making him think that she was weak. Right. It was, it was definitely yeah. like, a reverse. Oh, but you know, and she also has already lost three kids now that I'm thinking about. It. Right. Right. So her daughter also got poisoned by the, uh, by the, uh, Martel. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah Which I, I didn't, I didn't mind those, seeing those, those good, those, uh, women get killed. I was like, yep. Well, you, go you, away. you murdered worst. her daughter for literally no reason. She was pure good and was no threat to you in any way. Uh, so sorry, but fuck you. All right, we've been talking about Game of Thrones yeah. for almost twenty minutes now. Yeah, yeah. we well, should wrap this the, the preview. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, um, what was I going to say? But yeah, so um, you know, obviously, keep your eyes out for 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 a proper preview cast where we'll probably talk for two hours oh about Game god. of Thrones. I'm going to try to rewatch season seven um, so I can be more up to date because I haven't. You seen should it rewatch it. I I tried to not rewatch it. I'd love to rewatch the whole thing. Whole, but it's just hard for the whole two year span of time, and then I just recently went went back and rewatched it uh, about a month ago. A whole series, no, just or just season the... seven. Yeah, I, I might jump back, you know, in the next few weeks here and try to restart from the beginning and kind of reevaluate. You know, is there you're like really fucking? good or evil or you know like just, just so, that's gonna be that's gonna be your series that's gonna be your series long hot take on the podcast is that Cersei did well I, I just that's like the Thanos did nothing wrong I, of this of the of the you know yeah I don't think she's um selfless I just don't think she's entirely self selfish yeah. and a lot of people say well she just she just wants power no matter who she you know it's like no that's but it's not it's not it's it definitely nobody that's still in the show just wants power for the sake of power all those people are dead for a long time maybe a little finger well i mean he's dead now so maybe you should rewatch the season oh fuck i forgot he died yeah. <laughs> you yeah, might want to catch up I anthony <laughs> <laughs> no i now now that you mentioned it, i was like oh yeah fucking aria slit his throat i forgot yeah. about that no, there's a lot of details that I think you really need to go back and check out, especially if we're going to start re 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 reviewing the shit. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll do that in the next couple of weeks once I have a chance to rewatch right, sounds it. Good. But um, in any event, uh, you know, thanks for joining us. Uh, if you're still with us, obviously you're a Game of Thrones fan, so keep your eye out for our Game. And of how Thrones could you not pod. be? How could you be, uh, be that into politics and not like Game of Thrones? I mean, what the fuck? Because I don't like fucking wizards and spells and dragons and bullshit. I like the no, politics. It, it, I had to start the season. I started to start the show in season three. Once there was like half as many people that actually mattered still. And then I went back and watched the first two seasons. And then I was like, holy shit. Now I get it. It's like the first season and a half or soap opera. First season's really slow. Yeah, and then it turns into this much more compelling character study. And it's about politics. It's about these people that are all broken and beaten in their own way. A dwarf, um, a cripple, uh, you know, uh, somebody who bastard. bastard, exactly a woman, <laughs> um, a guy who's basically, you know, mentally time. deficient and you learn later on why that is. It wasn't his own, you know, just the th all the things you learn is that all the people that matter. RIP well, Hodor. Yeah. Somebody who's like the whole Hodor. face is fucking scarred, you know, um, and they all have the same essential moral compass and they all want to change the world for the better, despite you know, understandable cynicism. And that's what I love about this series more than a show or a series like star Wars, where everyone's just kind of like, you know, baseline, the world's shitty, but we're not going to try to change that. We're only going to fight the empire in this show. It's really about people that are broken 
um, either through their own fault yeah. or own folly, who see the injustice of the world and want to change it in fundamental ways that that will help everybody. You know, if you're if you're a lefty, if you're a socialist, or you know, progressive, and you don't like that aspect <laughs> of Game of Thrones, like I don't know what you're watching the show for. <laughs> When I think the people we root for on the show, I mean, you know, ostensibly are broken, but not of their own volition or their own doing. Like John is, is you know, born into this this bastarddom. Although we find out, you know, that he's not a bastard, which is kind of amazing to find out later on. Or, or you know, Tyrion born a, a dwarf, uh, you know, and maybe he's even a you know Targaryen or something. But so, uh, uh, what's it? Daenerys is born into uh basically slaver i mean you know like like she's she's sold as this uh as this prize like this prized bride to this this group of ostensibly savages although you know we 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 the more we hang out with the dothraki they're like the coolest motherfuckers on that show well they um, there were some but, were definitely you know, savages and she um took out no some of them were but but cal drogo <laughs> yeah. ended up being you know anyway we got to get out of here we're almost at the 2 hour mark and yeah. now we're just <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we're going to talk about the whole series from the start now. All right. Yeah. Lot, so check lot, out our preview cast where we'll film talk. review energy built up on the podcast, as we already mentioned last week. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, thank you for joining us this week uh, and come back and join us next week for Move Left Idiots.